a radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. The reason is because you don't have the sacraments. I mean, once you don't have the sacraments, then basically everybody's a pastor. Because that's what a pastor is, a guy that's there to preach the gospel and minister the sacraments. Once the sacraments cease to mean anything in your theological construct, then ministry becomes something different than the giving out of God's gift of forgiveness. The reason why we go to church is not to hear about how we have to go out and, and be missionalists. The reason we go to church is to get the forgiveness of our sins. That's why Jesus instituted the church. And I think that's the point. See, when a pastor considers this option of, hmm, maybe I'll substitute these parts of the liturgy, maybe. The, maybe. the question before him should not be, will it win more people over? The question before them should be, would this deliver Christ in a better way than it already does? And the parts of the liturgy are direct quotes from Holy Scripture. And I don't think that you can improve upon the delivery of Christ uh, from them. I mean, just imagine the next radical that will be even more radical. This will be the book that I'm going to write. Even more well, radical. What part of cutting off your hand is unclear in the Bible? <laughs> if you still have two hands, you show yourself to be a false disciple of Jesus. <laughs> This edition of Table Talk Radio disappoints those listeners who are hoping that Pastor Wolfmuller would be replaced upon his return. <laughs> I thought uh, you had someone. <laughs> I forgot already who you said you had because I was still suffering from jet lag. Oh, yeah. Almost right. un, just slightly jet lagged today. Oh, you're I'm back. almost 100%. So you're not asking the, the, the vicar to lunch again after you had just <laughs> scheduled lunch? Yeah. If I, <laughs> hey, when are we gonna when are we gonna record our show anyway? <laughs> uh, we just talked about that. Hey, uh, who are you gonna get to replace me? Well, I think I had explained to you on the phone yesterday, if you'll remember, <laughs> that I wanted to be sure to find someone who can bring just as much to the table that you do. You know, I, I don't want you know a guest that's just gonna be sloughing off. I want a right, right. I, so yeah. I wanted to go and um, I thought I did I did two for one. You know, I'd help the economy and I found a bum on the street. Uh, who could serve as your replacement and uh, still, so, um, you know. Good. Yeah, that's right. Theology of the Cross. He's delayed. Nice. Yeah, okay. Well, in today's edition of Table Talk Radio, we're going to spend two segments responding to emails and uh, voicemails because we love our listeners so much. And then we're going to be playing, uh, I guess the, the next game won't be showing love to our listeners. You'll have to endure the game and name that church body. So Okay, uh, let me write that down. Name that church body. I'm Tell sure we talked about this yesterday, too. Okay, give us the number one highlight uh, from your trip to uh, Greece and Turkey. Well, first of all, ask me the buzzword, and then I will. I already worked it in sneakily. Ooh, okay. Uh, <laughs> what is your buzzword, Pastor? And you thought I didn't do any show prep. <laughs> My buzzword is Artemis. <laughs> you know, the false goddess who lived in the huge temple in Ephesus, where I was the last week. <laughs> I think, you know, that was maybe one of the most stunning things as I'm trying to comprehend. We just got back from Turkey and Greece and saw Istanbul and Ephesus and Pergamum and Smyrna and and uh, Patmos and Rhodes and Crete and, and Corinth and Athens, which is incredible, 12 days. Anyway, uh, uh, that all these places, all these ancient cities are marked by their idols. 
So you go you go to Pergamum, for example, and there's the uh, and there's the temple to Dionysius, and there's the temple to um, there's the Trajan temple, and there's four or five other temples. They're all over the place. You go to Ephesus, and Ephesus, of course, was known because they had this huge, huge temple. Uh, to Artemis, the fertility goddess, uh, who's, and they had this massive, huge temple and this huge, big statue. And Artemis is this goddess with this stuff on her head, and she's got the zodiac around her neck, and she's got about two, three dozen breasts all over. I mean, it's just a stunning sort of thing. And, they, and there's carvings of Artemis all over the city. And then you go to Pergamum. Oh, I said that already. You go to Smyrna, and there, and you walk right in, and there's the temple. You go to Corinth. And there's the temple there and the temple on top of the hill, the temple over here. And Athens, you know, it's, I mean, it's named Athens because it has the huge, the Parthenon, which is a temple to Athena. So anyway, uh, so all these false gods would have had their, their identity in these places. And it, I, it's, it's just a, a, amazing to imagine. Here are the Christians who would have gone to these different temples. You know, you go to the Zeus temple for after breakfast, and then later the next day or the next week, you go down to the Dionysius temple and offer some wine and a goat or whatever. And now they become Christians, and, they, and they're and they no longer going to these temples. They're, they're, they're cut off from this, I mean, from the identity of what the society is. Uh, and this is the kind of, um, oh, the kind of uh, sacrifice that the early Christians would make. It's you know, amazing. You know what my problem would be on a trip like that? And maybe What's not that? as much as when you're kind of following the footsteps of St. Paul, but more so especially when you go to Holy the Holy Land, um, is I am just too much of a skeptic. So do they actually know um, that these are the real places, or is this kind of someone's best guess? No, no, they know it. I mean, they're, they're for Ephesus and, and Pergamum, and uh, they know it. Now, so if Troy, for example, we were in Troy, and people didn't know that, where Troy was, but then they found it, and they, and they were able to find evidence of it. You know, it says Troy on different places and things, and, and there's a ton. This is the other thing. There's a ton of inscriptions on everything. So the buildings, and uh, and, and you just see the kind of pieces, the marble pieces of the building just kind of laying around, and they'll have things carved on them, you know, Greek words there. So they're able to really identify the cities um, you know, without question. Yeah. A bit different when you go to, the, to like, Jerusalem, and, uh, and they say, oh, yeah, this is where... Uh, Jesus knelt. And you're like, really? <laughs> well, yeah. See, that's a little bit different. Like, there's a place that they think is the school of Tyrannus where Paul taught in Ephesus for three years. But I mean, you know, probably not. And there's a place that they think was the mother the, was the house of Mary in Ephesus, and that most likely is not uh, a real thing. Um, so there's a lot of things that are identified like that, but you can kind of sniff those things out. But I mean, these temples you can't miss because they're just huge. They're humongous things. I mean, you sit there and you see a picture of them and you're like, that's not very big. It's only like three inches tall. Well, that's because you're looking at a four inch picture of the thing. But if you're standing there, it's like 80 feet in the air, these columns and stuff. It's amazing the scale of all this stuff. I have to take you over there next time. So you get a, a pretty good picture of, of, you know, the context in which Paul is writing um, when he rebukes some of these practices. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Well, my theological buzzword for you is eisegesis. And, uh, you know, or, ordinarily the practice of, of uh, hermeneutics and, and, and scriptural study, well, th- I mean, this, these terms apply to anything, but normally when we study the scriptures, we want to uh, exegete them. And that means to draw meaning out of the text. So the uh, the meaning uh, lies within the author's writing and the the intent of what he meant to say, and the job of, of any reader is to 
to discover the intent of the author and to draw that meaning from the text. Eisegesis does the exact opposite of that. It doesn't uh, care what the original text means or says, um, but it's when you insert your um, understanding, your opinion into the text. And so you you will use the text as a proof text, but it's really not uh, saying what you're saying it says. So that, it's eisegesis. Got it. Okay. Uh, let's go to the emails. We don't have time for the voicemail on this side of the break. We'll hit that Whoa. first thing next segment. But uh, do you have an email there we can respond I to? I got Pastor tons Wolf of emails. There? We got a lot of reaction from our official astrophysicist show. Uh, here's the first one from Ruth. It says, hey, guys, love the show. The OAS should have been, should have had a treadmill warning. Oh, which speaking of treadmill, we got an email from Jane on the treadmill. <laughs> Here, I'll read that one here. Okay. Hello, Pastor. James from Ontario writing again. Thanks for reading my email in the air when I talked about running the half marathon. You mentioned you'd like a photo of me at the finish of the race. There isn't a picture of the finish line. There was a professional photographer who took pictures during the race. Well, who would want that? Even if there was a picture, I wouldn't send it along. Pictures taken during long, difficult road races are rather unflattering. <laughs> in, in fact, to say a running photo is somewhat unflattering is like saying the God Whisperer's sort of like bacon. So <laughs> instead, I'm sending a list of the results. My finish is somewhere, somewhat mediocre. Table talk radio worthy. Number two forty, number 427. Awesome. Hey, that's what. Thanks. Keep up the mediocrity. That's Jamie. the kind of marathon running we like to see here on Table Talk that's Radio. That's right. Don't too. For, it's hard to be by the front, you know. <laughs> now it's a, the best. The great thing about being at the back is you got a good view. You know, you can see where everyone is. If you're running at the front, you have no idea. I mean, mm-hmm. you could be two miles ahead or two feet ahead. Right. right yeah. Back to the other one. The OAS show, this is back from Ruth here, should have had a treadmill warning. I wasn't on the treadmill when I heard it last Wednesday morning on PCR, but I was handling a very hot curling iron, which is probably more dangerous. I believe this show might have overwhelmed mediocrity. You might need to be a little more careful. Keep up the good, that's uh, marked out, mediocre work. <laughs> in Christ, Ruth. So now, not only, this is getting so complicated. we got to have a Jane's treadmill, and we got to have a Ruth... Curling iron warning. <laughs> well, the who good... was the guy that dropped the dumbbell on his face when he was listening one time? Remember that? Uh, no, I don't. But the good news is we don't have to issue these warnings very often. I mean, <laughs> no, like yeah, once every sure. blue moon, uh, there'll be a warning. So uh, that, that's that's the good news. Here is another uh, uh, reaction to the official astrophysicist show uh, from one of our official astrophysicists, Paul. Uh, who writes, the recognition was much appreciated. Definitely will share it with my astrophysicist friends. A few comments. One, and this is an astrophysicist for you. There's five comments. Oy, oy, oy. <laughs> I like Reverend Wolfmuller's use of scientific noca- uh, notation, even if it was slightly incorrect. What? Oh, Your scientific no. notation be incorrect? This shock. That's hard to understand. Well, I'll tell you what, let's take a break and we'll get the rest of that email on the other side. If you would like to write in, the email address is questions at tabletalkradio.org or you can call us 1-800-385-SOLA. We'll be right back on Table Talk Radio.
This is Chris Roseborough, captain of Pirate Christian Radio, and Table Talk Radio is PCR's top radio program right after Issues Etc., Fighting for the Faith, Sermons from Holy Trinity, The God Whispers, The Gift, Radical Grace, SoCo, Higher Things, The Feast, Dying to Live, Living Water, Words of Hope, Internet Monk, and reruns of The White Horse Inn. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. We are spending two segments of this show to uh, respond to you, our listeners, from questions at tabletalkradio.org or on our voicemail, 1-800-385-SOLA. Uh, Pastor, when we left off, you were reading the email from one of our many astrophysicist <laughs> listeners. We have 2 times 10 to the minus one astrophysicist listeners. He was now, correcting my Table Talk Radio scientific notation. I've taken careful note of this, although I won't bore the readers with it. I mean, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'm sure there's a lot of you reading the transcript of the show. <laughs> Paul continues, I suppose each Table Talk Radio point would be worth about as much as the light escaping the event horizon of a black hole. <laughs> In other words, in any other units, it would be zero. Two, second point. Reverend Wolfmuller is right. Astronomy is the oldest science known to man, the other being medicine. We've been doing it forever. Genesis 1 indicates the stars and planets were set in the heavens as signs and seasons. Uh, although it says here, I'm skipping down a couple sentences. Sagan is somewhat technically correct in as far as we've only been studying galaxies in since about the 18th century when telescopes first identified them as nebulae even though we didn't recognize them for what they were until about the 1920s and the Great Debate, which I don't know anything about. Number three, technically, Baumgartner didn't... Is that the guy who jumped? Yeah, that's the, didn't jump from space, but very close to it. Internationally, the boundary of space is at 100 kilometers, or 62 miles. Still an impressive feat. Did mm. you know that? I did not. No. Four, Sparked by your discussion of the more... We did a lot on that show. I can't remember talking about any of these things. <laughs> Sparked by your discussion of the Morgan Freeman clip about aliens and my own previous thoughts on the topic, I was wondering if you or Lumpy could look into the question of does the Bible exclude the possibility of life, especially intelligent life, on other planets? What do you say about that? Should we get Lumpy on the job? Sure. Lumpy's not doing anything, so sure. You, you, you better write this down Oh man. for Lumpy. Does the Bible exclude the possibility of life on other planets? Maybe we should. I know this is, we should get yes. another email address for Lumpy. You can get like Lumpy at tabledogradio.org. I thought we were going to do that a long time ago. Did, did we already discuss that? Huh. huh. <laughs> All right, we're going to do that. Lumpy at tabletalkradio.org. No, now none of you and I are never going to get any email anymore. <laughs> I know that this has been a topic of discussion for philosophers and theologians since Galileo first turned his telescope towards the planets, though prior to that they were thought to be the abodes of some of the angels, a la Dante's vision of paradise. In which, how do these guys know so much, these astrophysicists? In which, in all honesty, is sort of lame, but that's another subject. I have my own opinions of the topic, but interested to hear what you think, because what we think is very informed. <laughs> well, I just came to a realization. I realized why we have so many astrophysicist listeners. Because they they need a break from their intelligence, 
and they <laughs> exhaust. I'll that. bet you. I'll bet you if you if we if we added up your IQ and my IQ together, we would be near genius. <laughs> Number five, it's interesting that the atheists are willing to jettison God from the equation, but more than willing to accept aliens, which in fact have less proof than God. The usual arguments for aliens are based on statistical, anthropogenic, fine-tuning arguments. Uh, basically, if evolution works, there must be life elsewhere because we can't be the only statistical anomaly that the universe is a huge place with trillions of stars and even more planets. A fun exercise I've put my students through in lab class is to work out the Drake equation, which is a thought experiment about how many planets we expect to have life. It's a fun exercise as it makes you realize all the things that need to line up for life to exist here, much less else, uh, elsewhere in the cosmos. Actually, there's a new branch of science that has developed recently called astrobiology hmm. that investigates extraterranean life and the environments that it might exist in. Write that one down. Astrobiology. Anyhow, so we need to have an official show. astrobiologist show now. <laughs> if all the astrobiologists would write in. <laughs> Poor Paul had to change his sign-off into your official astrophysicist listener. Now he's one of your official astrophysicist <laughs> listeners. What a percentage of listeners are astrophysicists? 80. Man. 80%. Okay. Thanks, Paul, for that email. That's great. Thanks, Paul. And now we're going to go to voicemail. Again, the number is 1-800-385-SOLA. Well, Pastor Wilhelm is soon to get that number down, but here's the voicemail. Hi there, Pastors Gagline and Wolf Miller. This is Eric Ex-Cathedra, and I uh, wanted to call you today with a couple things. One is, first, to thank you for the segment you did on the book Radical, um, basically because you warned us about this book um, uh, my friends and I in our church were able to actually ward this off from our church using it in a stewardship drive they are having. Um, and uh, your other listener, Paul from Boston, did real yeoman's work on actually slogging through this horrible heretical text and um, taking it to our elders and actually getting the thing um, basically relegated to uh, to a far back seat in, in the Bible study and, and pushing forward the primacy of the the Bible and the um, the confessions, nice. specifically the catechism. So I don't know if uh, you guys ever realize how much good you're doing, but I wanted you to know that. Um, but so let's let's pause right there and respond. Uh, do, you, do you remember that? Do you remember the critique of radical? Yeah, sort of. I remember. I remember mostly because didn't you use a clip of it in the opening for the uh -huh. show? <laughs> That's, I did that for you just so you'd bring that to mind. my mind. Yeah, Ooh, that sounds familiar. Yeah. Okay, but here's the rest of his voicemail. As we were talking about this, we started to um, actually talk about what would be more radical than more radical, and we thought maybe <laughs> the fire on the staff. One of my friends had met was was a pretty radical book, or theology of the cross. Excuse me, spirituality of the cross. But then we realized the most radical book of all is the Bible. So we, I'd like to provide an idea for you guys that maybe you guys could execute on is to make a, um, a trailer like this guy who wrote Radical did for this one, and, and I'll share it with you now. So here goes. You've read Radical and gave all your money to the poor. You've even read even more Radical and cut off your hand. Now, from the author of life comes even more radical than even more radical. You'll learn about how God sent his only son to atone for the sins of the world. I mean, an arrow sounds like. 
and then you'll learn how all the previous deeds you've done were as dirty diapers. And we have the Urukai theme from Lord of the Rings, you know, bum, 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 bum. You'll learn that stewardship means serving your neighbor by doing the job you're already doing. We have Yeh the Joyous Man desiring you kind of na 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 in the background. And finally, you'll learn how worship is about you doing nothing but receiving Christ's gifts. And then we have like laser sounds like Church, the Garden of Eden was plan A. Christ is plan B. And there is no plan C. Even more radical than even more radical. Don't you wish you'd read this before you sold everything and cut off your hand? <laughs> Available in bookstores and websites everywhere. Oh, that's okay. Fantastic. So that's my crazy um, uh, trailer for for the book, uh, the Bible that is that will be renamed even more radical than even more radical, perhaps, um, or subtitled, maybe rebranded. Anyway, have fun with that. And once again, thanks for um, you know doing the. Uh, the evangelist work of, of warning us away from, from heresy. Thanks a lot, Eric X. Cathedra, Boston. I'm uh, suspicious of anyone named X. Cathedra. <laughs> Thanks, Eric. Appreciate it. I, I think that that, that'd be a good, pretty good promo, don't you? I think that voicemail needed a Ruth curling iron warning. <laughs> it's true. I'm sorry about that, Ruth. <laughs> <laughs> you can hear the singeing to the laser sounds. <laughs> and, uh, and the march of the Urukai. <laughs> Jane's falling off her treadmill. What's happening? <laughs> Bill Swirl has bacon stuck in his eye. That is the greatest voicemail. <laughs> More radical than more radical. <laughs> <laughs> you should probably get Eric to be the co-host. Yes, that is a good uh, idea. That yeah. is a fantastic <laughs> idea. It is, you know, the point here, though, this is the point is that the gospel, I mean, if you want something radical, it's Eric is exactly right. It's that God himself would take upon our flesh and our and uh, and our sin and our death and die for us. I mean, God's grace and his mercy and and the fact that he, he looks upon us with kindness and, and deals with us with, in gentleness, that's what's the most radical thing of all. Right. Ooh. And and when you lay down the gospel, when you cease the preaching of the gospel, um, then now you are having to uh, quantify or make something better than what you're already in. It's kind of like um, yeah. Yeah. when you've seen, oh, I don't know. I was gonna say when you've seen the movie several times and it's boring, you have to you have to find something that's more stimulating, you know, or uh, you get kind of you kind of get bored with uh, with the same old thing. Uh, now you have to reinvent yourself. Well, this is this is what uh, preaching has become without the cross, because the preaching of the cross week after week uh, is never irrelevant because uh, your sin is rather relevant. <laughs> you know, you right. can't you can't depart from the relevancy of sin. So the yeah. cross always pertains to your life. But when you when you quit preaching the cross, then your preaching becomes irrelevant. I suspect this is what Paul went. I mean, when he kind of the original radical, when Paul says uh, that the gospel, the cross, is foolishness uh, to the Greek and a stumbling block to the Jew, uh, but to those who have called, it's you know this it's the smell of death. It's life. Yeah, that's right. Well. <laughs> After this commercial break, we are going to be playing a little bit of Name That Church Body, the game where we read some beliefs from a church body, and now the contestant has to uh, place a guess or determine from what church body that comes from. 
That's coming up on Table Talk Radio. If you have a voicemail that you would like to leave for us, give us a call. 1-800-PASTOR. Uh, 429-SOLA. <laughs> 1-800-385-SOLA. We'll be right back. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. Why can't you be true? You're listening to Table Talk Radio, because cable's expensive. Welcome back to Table Talk, Talk, Table Talk Radio. Now, I have a question about your trip. Because before you left, you were interested in getting uh, past your graph in some sort of something or other. Oh, the Turkish bath. Yeah, did, you, did he take a Turkish Alas, bath? Alas, no, no Turkish bath. Oh. I took a really long shower one day, but other than that. <laughs> what is the Turkish bath? Uh, it's like if uh, you go and lay on this warmed up piece of marble, and some Turkish fella scrubs you down. <laughs> okay, I don't, I don't know that I blame uh, Pastor Graf there. <laughs> Quite all Pastor right. Pastor watch, watch the mustache. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how many sermon illustrations that come out of <laughs> Turkish bath. Oh, boy. I guess after that, you're very clean. That's all. All right. Well, it's now time for Name That Church Body, and and I usually go to the Internet to find one, and then you usually go to paper or something. (laughs) What's that thing called? Parchment? Yeah. Hello, hello. Hey, did you get the text message I sent you? Yeah, my phone is off. My door is open, so that's another problem. <laughs> okay. All right. There's well, too many things to remember. <laughs> Closing the door. Oh no. Turn on the microphone. Say something funny. Turn off the phone. <laughs> the pressure. <sighs> well, listen to what you're saying. Check Want- my Facebook page. Wanted co-host that can do three things before show. <laughs> what three things? Remember the phone number. Close the door. Act shut like off the lumpy. Phone. Talk. <laughs> Be right. orthodox. Well, the, uh, <laughs> the, the too much happening around the here. church body I have for you is like one of the most well organized uh, statement of beliefs I've ever seen. So you have four tabs here across the top, and the four tabs are salvation, Christian walk, the spirit filled life, and the afterlife. And then you have categories in each, under each one of those. So which tab do you want? Um, let's say, I think you know what's going to give this away is the Christian walk. Okay, under Christian walk, you have daily Christian life, evangelism, tithing and offering, uh, moderation, church relationship, and civil government. Church relationships, please, for 400. Okay. Uh, we believe that it is essential for all believers to join with and become part of a congregation of other believers. It is important to worship together, observe the ordinance of the church, encourage and support one another, and work together in advance uh, to advance the Lord's kingdom. Hebrews ten twenty four and twenty five. That does not help me at all. <laughs> 
Was there anything distinctive in there? I don't know. I'm going to a different tab. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I'm going to the tab marked Salvation. All right. Under the Salvation tab, you have the Fall of Man, the Plan of Redemption, Salvation Through Grace, Repentance and Acceptance, and the New Birth. Let's say the New Birth. We believe that the change that takes place in people when they are, quote, born again is very real. They receive righteousness through Jesus Christ, and they are empowered by the Holy Spirit. Therefore, they should have new desires, interests, and pursuits, John 3 and uh, 2 Corinthians 5. Um, hmm. I wonder, I that also does not helpful at all. <laughs> you, you, is this a church body or a church? <laughs> a church body. It's like vanilla Protestantism. What do we call American? Uh, what do we call pop American? What was that thing that we had again? It was a, some sort of funny analogy. I don't know what you're talking about. Pop American Christianity. Not an analogy. Uh, uh, Pac, acronym. Pack. We had a funny acronym. Yeah. I can't remember. Can't even that. remember it. I sort of repressed those memories. All right. Uh, the, give me. What was the last one? The second coming or something? Uh, the afterlife. The afterlife? All right. Afterlife. Okay. Under the afterlife, your options are the second coming of Christ, judgment, heaven, or hell. Second coming. This is the longest of them, so that was a good choice. We believe that the second coming of Christ is personal and imminent. We are as certain that his second coming will occur as we are that his first coming is a his first coming is a historical act. No one knows the exact time of his coming, but believers will continue to spread the gospel around the world until he does come again. At that time, the Lord Himself will descend from heaven. The dead Christians will be resurrected, and the believers will be taken up to meet uh, with the Lord in the air. We believe that everyone will stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Born again believers will be sent to a place of everlasting life, and non-believers will be sent to a place of everlasting punishment. Nothing about the millennium or the rapture. Interesting, mm. What kind of evangelical fundies don't believe in the rapture? You are so clueless. There's got to be something. How? Where would I find something about the sacraments? That's always the difference teller. Hmm. I don't know. What are my tabs again? Salve- well, you've already had three hands, but I'll keep going. This is fun. I, I like seeing you kind of to to flounder around like a fish out of water. Uh, salvation. It's like, to, it's like trying to tell the vintage of a cup of water. <laughs> so bland. Salvation, Christian walk, the spirit-filled life, and the afterlife. Oh, that's one. The spirit-filled life. Why there didn't I is. choose that one first? I don't know. Okay, your options to this are... The Holy Scriptures, the Eternal Godhead, water baptism in the Lord's Supper, <laughs> baptism with the Holy Spirit, divine healing, the Spirit-filled life, and uh, the gifts and fruit of the Spirit. I bet this is the Foursquare guys. Let's let's get the um, let's get the uh, let's get the one that says they're gonna have a they're gonna have a memorial view of the Lord's Supper for sure if they make this distinction between water and spirit baptism. So let's hear the spirit baptism one. Uh, baptism with the Holy Spirit? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We believe that the baptism with the Holy Spirit is an experience that follows salvation. All believers have God's Spirit within them. Holy Spirit baptism empowers believers to exalt Jesus, to, li- uh, to live lives of holiness, 
and to be witnesses of God's saving grace. We believe that those who experience the Holy Spirit, uh, sorry, we believe that those who experience Holy Spirit baptism today will experience it in the same manner that believers experienced in the early church. In other words, we, that's funny, I didn't know they did. Anyway, in other words, we believe that they will speak in tongues, languages that are not known to them. Yeah, this is, so you, there's, this is a charismatic church, but what, the charismatic is more like a, um, it's, it's more like a genre than right. it is a label, you know? Uh-huh. So, um, so what's the label under this charismatic church? I think like the vineyard churches or a four square gospel church, cause it had that bit about healing in there. Uh, and that's one of the, I think one of the squares in the four square, although I never, that's something else I can never remember. Amongst all the other list of things I can't remember, but that's one of them, what the fourth parts of the four-square gospel are. But anyhow, I'm going to go with the four-square gospel church. That is it. You got it. Never mind the fact that you needed uh, four hints in, in this game, and we usually provide <laughs> only three. Oh, oh. <laughs> Stingy with your hints. When a hint is not actually a thing, it's like giving me a one-word clue on Bible B of the. <laughs> Please. <laughs> All right. Uh, I was quickly trying to find the uh, um, the description of the four squares. But what the four squares are? I mean, the four squares? So you, the little pictures are the cross, the cup, the dove, and the crown. Oh, maybe that corresponds to the to the tabs, huh? I, I don't think it actually does. I think it refar- it um it has to do with uh it has to do with that uh those things that you read in the last thing. So what you said spirit baptism. Mhm. Uh-huh. What's the other one? I can't Hold on. I'm trying to pull it up again. I I navigated it away from that. Okay. So under the spirit-filled life is holy scriptures, eternal God. No, that's not it. This is this isn't the same thing. Look, salvation would be the the picture of the cross. The Christian walk would be the picture of the cup. The spirit-filled life would be the picture of the dove. And the afterlife would be the picture of the crown. See, okay. how that, see how that works? Yeah, I guess so. Okay, you got it. 200 points for you. Can you believe it? You're so shocked. I am pretty shocked. What do you What do you know about uh, Four Square Gospel Church? Nothing. I already told you. I hardly know anything <laughs> at all. You don't even know what the pictures mean. <laughs> no. I'm looking at the official picture right now. Let's see. Uh... Well, the, the official Foursquare style guide. No, I don't want that. Yeah, th- do you know who the founder of the Foursquare Church was? No. Amy. First name Four, last name Square. No, <laughs> Amy Simple McPherson. And, oh, uh, I've heard about that. Yeah, in the in the twenties, nineteen twenties. So, uh, yeah, very interesting. So we are going to come up on here another commercial break, and then what uh, are we? <laughs> what's happening? This is so fast. I've got like jet lag because we're moving so fast through this show. <laughs> I know it's tough. It's tough to imagine you coming back and and you know handling a full show of Table Talk Radio, but yeah, but you're doing it. Congratulations! Amazing. <laughs> yeah. So far, so good. We do want to hear from you. Uh, if you have a question or comment about our show, send us an email. Uh, questions at tabletalkradio.org. If you have something you want Lumpy to investigate, send it to Lumpy at tabletalkradio.org. And then uh, also you can give us a call one eight hundred three eight five SOLA. 
Also, Christmas is coming up. You have our merchandise shop at Tabletalk Radio. Oh, yeah. Christmas shopping <laughs> made easy. <laughs> I mean, who that does? trekked across Turkey with a Tabletalk Radio bag. It's great. If you're, is that right? Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Well, if you're, uh, if, if you're in the market for a great Christmas gift for your dog, we've got Tabletalk Radio doggy dishes. Uh, right there at tabletalkradio.org. Just click on one of the pictures and you'll go into our uh, merchandise shop on tabletalkradio.org. <laughs> More name that church body here on Tabletalk Radio. Don't go away. <laughs> Table Talk Radio, a radio show that gives the opportunity to cope with disappointment week after week. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. Pastor Wolf Miller has the definitive answer on the Foursquare Gospel Church. Uh, I did, oh, <laughs> I did a few minutes ago. Let's see. No, not, uh, not a few minutes. A few seconds ago you had it. <laughs> Jesus is Savior. Oh, yeah, okay. Jesus is Savior. Jesus is Healer. Jesus is Spirit Baptizer. And Jesus is Soon Coming King. That's the four squares of the Foursquare Gospel. There it is. Got it. This was uh, related to the apparently to the four faces on the beasts in Ezekiel. Somehow, haven't made that connection a hundred percent yet. Anyhow, there you go. Okay, I got one for you. By the way, I am ready. This will be name that religious body starter. Okay, we can name the religious body that he started. Ready? Ready. He expounded the complex problems of metaphysics and theology. He delivered speeches on the decline and fall of nations and empires, supporting his theses with historical fact. He reviewed the achievements of the old reformers, passed judgments on the various religions of the world, and gave verdicts on the differences and disputes between nations. He taught ethical canons and principles of culture. He formulated laws of social culture, economic organization, group contact, and international relations, whose wisdom even eminent thinkers and scholars can grasp only after a lifelong of research and vast experience of men and things. Their beauties indeed unfold themselves progressively as man advances in theoretical knowledge and practical experience. Yikes. I have no idea so far. Um... I thought you were going to put, I don't know. See, I thought it was going to be in the, the historical context of uh, the Reformation. Because um, it had something to that effect. But the rest of it didn't really make me lean that way. So I'm going to need oof, something else. So far, I have no idea. Okay. I'm trying to look at, I'm skipping paragraphs that will give it away. <laughs> what are you reading from, by the way? Top secret. Um, let's see here. Uh, I'm, 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 I am reading off, I'm reading from something that I printed off from the internet. So, I thought since I have to get a book, I, I had, should 
<laughs> printed out. Yes, the ma- the main distinction we wanted to make in playing that, uh, making that distinction is whether who has a hard copy or not. Right. <laughs> uh, although he became the ruler of his country, he was so selfless and modest that he remained very simple and sparing in his habits. He lived poorly as before in his humble mud cottage. He slept on a mattress, wore coarse clothes, ate either the simplest food of the poor or went without food at all. He used to spend whole nights standing in prayer before his Lord. He came to the rescue of the destitute and the penniless. He felt not the least insult in working like a laborer. Till his last moments there was not the slightest tinge of royal pomp or hauteur of the high and mighty in him. Like any ordinary man, he would sit and talk with people and share their joys and sorrows. He would so mingle with the crowd that a stranger would find it difficult to single out the leader of the people and the ruler of the nation from the rest of the company. Boy, I have no idea. Um, For a while there, I was thinking Robin Hood. (laughs) Um, And the ruler of the nation. Hmm. Here, I'll, I'll read you a little bit more. The actions of this great man do not end here. I arrive at the full appreciation of his worth. One has to view them against the backdrop of history of the world as a whole. This reveals that this... Mm, let me see. That I'll give you. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you're fine. <laughs> that this, <laughs> uh, this reveals that this unlettered dweller of the desert of Arabia, who was born in the Dark Ages some 1,400 years ago, is the real pioneer of our modern age. He is not only the leader of those who accept his leadership, but also of those who do not, even of those who denounce him. The only difference being that the latter are unaware that he still is imperceptibly influencing their thoughts and their actions and is governing and and is the governing principle of their lives and the guiding spirit of the modern times. Whoa. Um, I'm thinking you're defining uh, church in a very broad sense here. <laughs> yes. Oh, I thought, what are we playing? Name that church body? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which is fine. Very broad. Very uh, broad sense. Okay. I'll give you one more. Okay, thank you. It was he who turned the course of human thought from superstition, mongering love for the unnatural and the inexplicable, and monasticism towards a rational approach, a love for reality, and a pious, balanced, worldly life. It was he who, in a world which regarded only supernatural happenings as miracles and demanded them for verification of the truth of a religious mission, Urge that rational proof should be the criteria of truth, etc. <laughs> okay. I, so, what do you think? I have no idea on this one. You don't know who this is? No. <laughs> is it? Is it someone that I know? Oh yeah, it's someone you know. You know someone you know well. Hmm. All right. Let me find a paragraph that'll give it away. No, because then I'll be embarrassed because I didn't even, still didn't know who it is. That's <laughs> better to. <laughs> Boy, that was a tough hint. Sorry you missed it, Evan. I don't blame you, though, for missing it, because that was hard. <laughs> Otherwise, it's, you missed that? It was a giveaway. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. No, no. This will for sure get it to you. Uh-oh. Yeah, that that is a giveaway. You're right. Man, now I know exactly who Now I'll read that in English here. Okay, thanks. Um the terms were extremely tempting for any, any human mortal, but they had no significance for the great prophet. His reply fell like a bombshell upon the deputation. Pray, I want neither wealth nor power. I have been commissioned by God to warn mankind. Is this Muhammad? I will deliver his message to you. Indeed. Ding, ding, ding. 
Muhammad. I was leaning that way, but there was something that you said steered me away from him. This is the greatest philosopher and scientist and <laughs> when I, in the world. When I said you're defining church broadly, I, th- I, w- I had Muhammad in, in mind. But then you said something in that last one that uh, threw me. Yeah. I don't know don't what know. it is now. I don't know either. But this is from this little book, Toward Understanding Islam, uh, which is uh, apparently pretty good. I'm working through it now because uh, in a couple of hours we're going to have a class on Islam. Over here at Hope, so <laughs> if you're in the hours. neighborhood, <laughs> just come on by. <laughs> you think I don't, I only don't do show prep for the show? Oh no, I know better. <laughs> Toward understanding Islam, it's by this uh, Muslim fellow. I don't know if you can tell. <laughs> no, it's <laughs> a Muslim. I mean, he was really objective about Muhammad there. Oh my goodness! All right, well we have. Um, so what gave it away, by the way? Uh, the great prophet was the, the great way. prophet. No, yeah. uh, you know that's the one thing that's that's the one little tiny piece of doctrine that the Muslims have is this little creed, which is not really doctrine at all. Um, how does it go? God is one, and Muhammad is his prophet, right? Mm-hmm. That's the creed. You know, most Islam. I think I've said this before. Christianity is the only religion with a philosophy with a with a theology no other no other so-called religion has any theology i mean it's not theology to say god is one if it fits on a bumper sticker it doesn't count right okay well we have two minutes left oh okay you you want something quick yeah all right um this church body also has tabs (laughs) Uh, salvation, divine healing, baptism in the Holy Spirit, second coming. That's the same one. Nope, nope. Are <laughs> sure? Baptism, divine healing, second coming, and what? <laughs> uh, baptism, it's the, salvation, it's the divine healing. Okay, salvation. Salvation, okay. <laughs> Although that could give you a hint. The doctrine of salvation forms the core of our Christian faith by proclaiming God's victory over sin in our lives. This truth results in deliverance, healings, and restored lives. Uh, Whether a new member or a mature Christian, every believer should have a clear understanding of salvation and the difference this truth makes in our lives and churches. Okay, divine healing tab. Divine healing, okay. Okay. whether G, uh, wherever Jesus went, he ministered with compassion and healed the sick. Christ's example showed an inner connection with salvation as many believed followed, uh, following their healing. Our Lord continues to heal today, and it is a vital part of the church um, that we preach, teach, and practice this biblical truth. Scriptures command believers to pray in faith and to trust God for the outcome. Um. Hmm. All right, one more. Uh, how is this any different? Uh, where did I find it, the other one? Um, I don't want to tell you. <laughs> what, what are the tabs again? Uh, the ones you haven't used yet are Baptism in the Holy Spirit and Second Coming. Yeah, Baptism in the Holy Spirit. All right, the doctrine of baptism in the Holy Spirit is our distinctive. This truth explains the passion and power of our witness. Jesus promised his followers that they would receive power on high so that they would... Be his witnesses. We believe that this truth is just as relevant today as our fellowship continues to take the gospel message around the globe. Vineyard churches. 
No, this is the Assemblies of God Church. Oh, man. <laughs> That's amazing. They are the same thing. That's right. Thanks for listening to Table Talk Radio. Where the points are like light escaping from the horizon You've event of a black hole. Table Talk Radio. The views expressed on this show so are that of the hosts and do not reflect the views or opinions of this station. We would like your feedback on today's show. Call us toll-free, 1-800-385-SOLA. That's 1-800-385-SOLA. Or send us an email, questions at tabletalkradio.org. You can listen again to this show or any of our past shows on our website, tabletalkradio.org. Thanks for listening and tune in again next time to Table Talk Radio.